All right. Hi, everybody. This is Richard Carafel from Agility, and welcome to PR Profiles, where we chat with experts in the PR and communications industry. We think PR is the most formidable, dynamic, and rewarding field there is. And we wanted to introduce you to some of our favorite powerhouses in the industry. And today we're speaking with Wendy J. Roundtree, the founder and lead strategist at Jarrell Communications. Welcome, Wendy. How are you? I'm doing good, Richard. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for joining. Wendy is an award-winning communication strategist with a heart for stories that create change in our community. And as a founder of Jarrell Communications, she helps organizations maximize their mission by aligning their PR and marketing efforts with business objectives. And prior to Jarrell Communications, Wendy worked for Orange County Public Schools, the eighth largest school district in the nation. She's also held public relations and marketing jobs with Habitat for Humanity of Greater Orlando and Costa Communications. So thanks again, Wendy. Let's jump right in with these questions. Now, uh, you branded your agency, Jarrell Communications, as a social impact agency. Now, could you tell us a bit about your journey to finding your agency and how and why you came to the decision to brand it as such? Sure. Um, You know, when I tell this story, I like to uh, take it way back um, and tell folks that it started with Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. And what I mean by that is growing up, that was, you know, uh, the pattern of the shows that we watched every evening, right? And what came after them uh, was the news. But growing up, I called it the bad news because it was it was so negative. Right. And so I had that on one hand. So I knew I wanted to do something um, to tell good stories. And on the other hand, you know, I grew up in a home where service and volunteering was something that was common practice. You know, my mom was um, always either collecting clothes to donate, um, cooking for someone in the church. And so I saw that example of service very early on. Um, And even during my college years, you know, I think back my undergraduate, our motto was enter to learn, depart to serve at Bethune-Cookman University. Um, My graduate program at Rollins College, the motto was let there be light. And so there's this pattern that has sort of followed me throughout my life. And um, even in, uh, you know, the positions you mentioned earlier, I was always on client accounts or stories that uplifted and amplified the stories that weren't getting the attention. And that's really what um, sort of uh, prompted me to start Joel Communications and really focus and hone in on um, you know, those stories that would inspire change um, and inspire action. I see. Well, that's a very interesting background. So interesting how all those things can influence you throughout your life. And that's great that you had that perspective so early on. And what an influence Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy has on people. <laughs> all right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Wendy. Now, uh, uh, one of the most important questions uh, you ask your clients is why does it matter, uh, which goes hand in hand with your agency's approach of combining strategy and storytelling. And as you said before, you know, it's about how to tell good stories and how to tell them the right way. Could you tell us more about your approach and how it impacts onboarding and client expectations? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, why does it matter is is definitely one of my uh, favorite sentences. And, you know, I think a lot of times when focus when people um, seek out PR agencies, they they have an idea of what they need or they think they have an idea of what they need. So they come in with a problem and they need the agency to solve them. And that's a fair approach in in, in some cases. But um, I think what's different with us is that I need the proof that the problem the client is expressing can truly be solved with the PR plan. And so, for example, when you go into a doctor's office, right, Um you can't really just come in and say, hey, Dr. Richard, I think I have this. I need you to perform surgery. And then the doctor's going to prep you for surgery, right? 
they're going to run some tests. They're going to do their due diligence. And I think that's the same with us. And, you know, while we're PR, we're not ER, um, it's the, we take the same level of precision and research to diagnose the issue um, before we jump into the work. You know, there have been cases where we have um, said no and turned away business where, you know, I think other folks may have just taken it on just to do the work. Um, but we want to see our clients successful. Um, and we want to make sure that their message is getting across because, you know, they're working in spaces where they're looking for change. And so we want to be intentional. We want to be strategic and we want to be targeted about the way we approach the work. Yeah, that's really uh, that's a fantastic approach. Uh, the lessons to be learned for all right there. Uh, so thank you for sharing that, Wendy. Now, uh, of late, now there's been an anti-ESG movement to say in, uh, in response to all the, you know, the purpose-driven PR campaigns we've seen, you know, over the past few years. And as a result, some brands are starting to move away from taking a hard, fast stance on hot button topics. Uh, now, however, you, you've said that you think companies should invest in ESG, CSR, DEI, and that they're still important and relevant. Now, why do you think brands shouldn't distance themselves from these efforts? And how do you think brands can be authentic in their communication of purpose? Yeah. Um, you know, whether whether a company recognizes it or not, they have multiple bottom lines that exist. You know, there's profit, right? We have to make money. The business has to sustain itself. Yes. But at the same time, no matter the organization, you have some type of impact on your people, you have some type of impact on our planet, and you have some type of impact on the community at large. And, you know, I think there's this misconception that 2020 was sort of the starting line. Um, and, you know, it, it may have been a revival, but terms like CSR, DEI, ESG, while they've created a more formal framework, the idea of doing well and doing good is centuries old, right? And so I think the pushback that we're seeing is is a lack of understanding. And when there's a lack of understanding, um, you have teams that feel pressured to put together a plan and it comes off like a checklist. Uh, and then, so when you roll out this checklist, employees are confused, your audience is confused and no one knows where um, it comes from. And, and you know, I think organizations need to take a step back and when you consider anything that you're deploying for your business, it has to tie back to purpose and why you exist. And it has to make sense or else it will feel like you're jumping on the bandwagon and then folks sort of, you know, push back on it. But research shows that this is integral to the success of organizations in multiple ways, right? CSR, it's the umbrella term for the culture of the organization. What values do we have that inform how we do business? how we address social, economic, and environmental issues. And DE&I, while it's part of that culture, it, you know, it narrows in on the people. You know, what plans and policies do we have uh, to ensure that our workplace is equitable? And then ESG, how are we measuring it, right? What, what's our actual quantitative impact on society? And all of these things work together for the good of the business, for the good of the people that, that serve your business, and then for the good of the community. So for me, it's hard to uh, conceptualize, you know, the sort of the negativity that we're seeing around it, especially for something that has existed for hundreds of years. No, I agree with that. And it's funny because the negativity being what it is, uh, still if brands, you know, have a backlash or somehow it works against them, you know, if they do take a stand, you know, especially if there's something controversial and you just uh, decide you're just going to be more straightforward from now on and just uh, walk the thin line. But but I, I agree that it's worth it. Uh, it's worth the risk, right? Because you want your business or your brand to stand for something. And I think that's really important. Obviously, consumers are 
echoing that uh, because you're hearing a lot about purpose now uh, from consumers and it doesn't seem to matter how brands want to approach it. It's almost a mandate now. Uh, and I agree, it is the right thing to do. So thank you, Wendy. Okay, so tell me this, what has been your biggest professional failure? This is kind of a bittersweet question, I know. Uh, your biggest <laughs> professional failure and what uh, were the lessons you learned? Sure, uh, failure is such a strong word. Um, <laughs> I, I think I like to look at uh, situations as opportunities for growth. And, and if I think of one particular um, story that comes to mind and really something that I think as leaders we learn um, as we go along is, sort of managing the team at the intersection of logic and emotion, right? And so I recall a situation where a client uh, was four o'clock, five o'clock on a Friday, and um, they had a last minute deadline that was thrown to our team. And so uh, the next morning it was complete. And in our team meeting, um, I went right into problem solving mode, right? And completely missed the emotional cue that this person had worked all night to get the project done. So instead of starting the conversation with, um, you know, for example, thank you, Richard, for, you know, taking the time to do this. I'm like, hey, how do we fix this so that this doesn't happen next time? And um, it's it sounds like a minor issue, but something as small as that can communicate to the team that you're not taking notice of the initiative that they're, you know, that they're putting into the work. And so, you know, now while we still found a solution to the issue, I think it's important for us to allow our intellectual side and the emotional intelligence to sort of co-hold the reins and lead us as we go. That's a fantastic example. The insensitivity, I guess, you know, that that uh, that can be relayed that way can do more harm than it might appear to on surface. So uh, so that's a great lesson learned. Not an easy one to learn sometimes, but uh, but thank you, Wendy. All right. Now, what advice uh, would you give to, to students or people that are just starting out in PR? Sure. Um, uh, number one, do the work. <laughs> there's no shortcut. There's no hack to building up your skills. Um, you, you know, you have to invest the time. Now, on the other side of that, one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten is to work out of rest, you know, so you don't work and then look for rest. So if you look at my calendar, for example, at the top of the month, I'm scheduling, when am I going to the gym? Um, you know, when are my lunch breaks? When when are we doing date night? And then I fill in the the blanks for work. And, you know, it's it's not always perfect. There are definitely weeks that um, require much more of me. And, and we know that in this field. Um, but you have to take care of yourself first. You know, you can't pour from an from an empty cup. Um, and, and so do the work, uh, celebrate your work. And, you know, this doesn't have to be in a boastful way, but people need to know what you're doing. Um, and then third, I think, find the mentors and sponsors who will also celebrate your work when you're not in the room. Those are all great tips. And I totally agree uh, with put yourself first kind of approach. I mean, say that to the boss. It might not sound like you're uh, right. you know, fully invested, <laughs> you know, but that is the way you need to approach things. You're more productive when you're doing it that way. Uh, all right, Wendy. Well, that's fantastic. So thank you so much for all that. Uh, now, finally, how can people connect with you? Sure. Um, I, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Wendy J. Roundtree. Um, they can also visit our website, jarellcommunications.com. That's J-A-R-E-L communications.com. All right. Thanks, Wendy. And that's all the time we have, everybody. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. We have been chatting with Wendy J. Roundtree, the founder and lead strategist at Jarell Communications. So thank you, Wendy. Appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Richard. Absolutely. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PR Profiles brought to you by Agility. And before you go, have you checked out PR Copilot yet? It's our AI-powered writing assistant 
that makes crafting the first draft of your news release or media outreach fast and easy. To learn more about this time-saving feature in our integrated PR platform, book a demo with the Agility team at agilitypr.com. So thanks again to Wendy, and thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode. 